Hello, and welcome to Cinebraskans, the daily Nebraskan entertainment podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz. I'm joined by my co-host. Hello, everybody. My name is David Berman. Um, I am the Daily Nebraskans co-editor of the COVID-19 section. I've been doing just a bunch of COVID-19 related coverage the last couple months. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for things there. And I also talk about movies with these two knuckleheads right here. <laughs> knuckleheads? Yeah. Wow. Is that said with any love at all or just knuckleheads? Nah. Just just knuckleheads. Just, just knuckleheads. <laughs> cool. Yep. Great. As, as well as. I'm Mia Everding. I'm a grad student and a co-host of this podcast. And a rad student. Uh, not quite. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I'm Kyle Cruz. I host this podcast and write some movie reviews and do some other random stuff. So yeah, uh, with that said, we'll just jump right into our first segment of the week, which is What Have I Done? What have done? What have done? What have done? What have done? And what have I done is the segment where we just talk about whatever we've been up to, whatever we've been watching, usually a movie or some TV or whatever. Um, And yeah, whether or not it was any good. So as usual, Dave, let's start with you. What have you been up to? So yeah, I did not have a lot of time this week. Um, There's no spring break, so I'm just drowning in many things that I need to do. Um, But for the only thing I watched based on my memory and what Letterboxd told me uh, is The Man from Uncle, which all three of us watched right after recording this podcast a week ago. Um, I've seen that movie, I think, like two or three times before I'd, before this viewing. Um, my dad is a huge fan of the original Man from Uncle spy series from the 1960s. And so I grew up like watching that show like off and on, um, and so yeah, love that love that movie in general. Um, and I know Kyle, you had seen it, but Mia had watched it for the first time on this on this occasion. Correct. Um, and yeah, it's really good. It's just a really fun movie. Um, I love Henry Cavill and Army Hammer. You know, <laughs> um, I you know. Besides all the Army Hammer stuff, he's pretty good in this movie. Uh, I think Henry Cavill's like definitely the main reason I really love it because he's just he's just a cool dude, um, and it's like a surprisingly funny movie. I feel uh, it just has a lot of a lot of charm to it, a lot of good '60s vibes. Um, I c- kind of feel like it's similar to uh, the Nice Guys in the sense that it very much tries to like set itself. It's you know these two kind of um, guys who don't really fit really well together, but then they become friends and partners and they have some good adventures. Um, and I think they were definitely trying to set up a sequel for both of those movies, but they've made no money. And so we're never going to see a man from uncle two. I would highly doubt at this point. So that makes me kind of sad, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, so what did, what do you guys think about this movie? Yeah, I think it's pretty fun. Uh, I remember being really excited for this movie when it came out just because I enjoyed the cast of Henry Cavill and Army Hammer so much. Um, but yeah, it's definitely... So this movie's directed by Guy Ritchie, uh, and it's definitely like a Guy Ritchie-style film, like just a very kind of blocky, quick editing style, and just like his use of dialogue is just like really kind of on... Like, it's very direct, but interesting. Uh, and yeah, I think it's a fun movie. Uh 
if I'm being honest, like when we watched it last week, I wasn't like as in love with it as I had been on previous viewings. Uh, but I still really enjoyed it. Uh, I think this movie is the like is basically just Henry Cavill's audition to be James Bond, um, which Henry Cavill should definitely be James Bond in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think it's pretty good. I also agree. It's pretty good. Not my probably like go-to genre of movies, um, but you know, it was fun. The I think I enjoyed like the costuming and the makeup and just kind of the whole vibe of it. I think if it hadn't been, I mean, it's based on that TV show, so you couldn't take the concept and make it work in a in a present setting. Or if you did, it wouldn't be nearly as um, I think memorable as it was. So yeah, I enjoyed it. A lot of fun a good kind of group movie so yeah yeah. i think the the like color palette of the poster is just very satisfying just like it's very yellow it's very kind of (laughs) old-fashioned and i'm into that nice cool yeah what about you mia what have you been up to uh what have i been up to i've actually watched many more movies than i typically do that's a lot of m's many more movies than i more movies for mia for mia (laughs) Um, than I normally do, but almost all of them, except for like one or two were ones that I've seen before. So I won't mention those, but, um, I went and I took myself to my favorite theater and I watched Minari, which is from my favorite production company. So I had high, high hopes for it. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Um, beautiful. It made me like so nostalgic because i grew up outside of lincoln and i spent a lot of my childhood playing outside and playing in the dirt and running through fields and looking at bugs and just it made me so nostalgic for a classic nebraska summer with the smell of drying grass and beautiful sunsets and yeah it was stunning stunning and i can definitely see why it's been nominated for or at least receives the critical response that it has very very beautiful yeah it's been nominated for six oscars um wow so it, uh, it's best picture uh best lead actor for steven yun uh best director in lee isaac chung uh best supporting actress for ya jung yoon which is the grandma uh the original really? screenplay yeah oh interesting okay <laughs> Um, yeah, original screenplay and then original score. So, yeah, I think all of those are pretty well-deserved. I think I talked about this movie on the podcast a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. so y'all know my thoughts on it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's beautiful. I have yet to see it and was going to see it with Mia, but then she saw it without me. Because you had other plans, so sorry. We tried to make it work for, like, several days, and then I was like, wait, I can't do it. Because we wanted to see The Father and then Minari, mm-hmm. but The Father left on Thursday. Sad. And Minari was like, oh, let's see it on the weekend. I said, let's do Thursday for The Father. And then Dave was like, oh, I can make this work. And then I said, psych, I don't want to leave my house. So we didn't see The Father so on Thursday. So that's your fault. That's my fault. Yep. So then I said, do you want to go see Minari on Saturday? And he's like, oh, I can't do Saturday. And then I said, do you want to do Friday? And then he's like, oh, I have plans. And I said, screw you, Dave. I'm seeing it by myself. <laughs> What a wild so ride. I went and saw it by myself. <laughs> and I am very bitter. <laughs> it's okay. We'll see it some other time. And if you're still interested in The Father, I think you can rent it online okay. somewhere. Yeah. I'm nice. not sure where or for how much, but I think it is out there. Lovely. Cool. So, um, yeah. As far as what I've been up to, uh, I watched a couple movies um, as, as usual. Uh, I kind of continued my 
my DC streak that started last week and that talked about. Uh, so I watched Aquaman this past weekend. Uh, and man, so I just to off the top, I really enjoy this movie. Like I'm a big fan of the character of Aquaman. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite superheroes and he has been since like high school. Um, but this movie, it's, it's so like over the top and comic booky that it's definitely not for everybody, but man, do I love it. Like the, the dialogue specifically in like the first 15 minutes is pretty bad. It's it's pretty on the nose and it's just like, listen to all this exposition and just dramatic storytelling. Um, <laughs> but it's like, once you can kind of like get past that, it's just a ton of fun. Jason Momoa uh, is, I think, so this movie is directed by James Wan and he was hired to direct it, to write and direct it after Jason Momoa and Mara and Amber Heard had been cast in the roles of Aquaman and Mara. And so he had like kind of inherited those two. And I think he did a really good job of writing the characters around the actors he was given because this is a very like Jason Momoa infused version of Aquaman, but it works really well. And I like how they tie in a lot of, so Jason Momoa, he was like born in Hawaii, but he was like raised in Iowa um but like they tie in a lot of like uh his like uh pacific islander like culture into the into the character of aquaman which i think was pretty pretty interesting to see it was a it was a new take on the character that worked really well on the big screen um and man james wan goes for some big swings with this movie like it's just yeah it's from the incredibly like faithful like comic book costumes like you get the the classic uh golden green Aquaman costume at the end uh the Black Manta villain looks exactly as he does in the comics and just like even with the big dome head and the big red <laughs> eyes and yet it kind of works I think uh, it looks really good yeah, yeah um and then Ocean Master played by Patrick Wilson which is not a casting I would have ever ever pegged but he's really good in the role and his costume is incredible um and it translated to screen a lot better than I thought it would um, and yeah, it just made the, the comic book nerd in me very happy because I, I've read a fair amount of Aquaman comics and they're a good time. They're, they're a lot of fun. Um, and I think this movie is very good. Also, I think it's just absolutely wild that an Aquaman movie came out and made $1.2 billion at the box office. Crazy. Like, who would have guessed? Yeah. Like this is the most successful DC movie to date. Like at wow. least in terms of box office in uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, because I'm I'm sure it's not the most profitable DC movie to date because just watching it, this was an expensive movie to make, and I'm surprised Warner Brothers was willing to give James Wan such a high budget with this movie because like, uh, without going into too many details about the final act of this movie, it is like a Lord of the Rings size epic battle undersea with crab people and big sharks and a giant monster voiced by Julie Andrews. And it is <laughs> absolutely wow. insane, but it's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I really enjoy Aquaman again. I definitely think it has flaws like the character of black Manta. I think I really like, uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen the second's casting as Black Manta, but man, he is so over the top in this movie. He's just kind of yelling all the time and just like being very melodramatic. And I, I think, so I assume he's coming back for the sequel, which they're supposed to start shooting here in the next couple months. Um, and I hope that he kind of like toned it, tones it down a little bit for the sequel. Um, because like, I think I, I really enjoy the character of Black Manta and I like his design, but yeah, he was just... A bit, a bit too cheesy for me in this movie, uh, in this Aquaman movie. Um, <laughs> How dare he? 
<laughs> How dare he go for camp in this film? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Aquaman. It's pretty good. Uh, uh, a real quick note. I think the casting of Julie Andrews as the weird Kraken monster is one of the funniest and most bizarre things just like yep. I've ever seen any movie. Because there's no reason. Like, the Kraken's in, like, one scene that, well, like, it's it's in one scene that, like, it has lines. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's a pivotal scene. Yes. But, yeah. it's, 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 like, a big, it's a, just a gigantic monster, and then it just has a Julie Andrews voice with, like, a little bit of, like, a filter on it. Mm-hmm. But... But it's definitely still Julie Andrews. It's so weird, <laughs> but yeah. somehow it works. Yeah, I also think so. Nicole Kidman's in this movie too. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, she plays Aquaman's mom, uh, and I think she's pretty good for the most part. There's definitely a like. So the first 15 minutes that I had mentioned, where the the dialogue is pretty pretty bad and exposition heavy, uh, most of that comes from Nicole Kidman. Uh, so I think she does the best with it as she can. Um, but it's just a lot of setup. But yeah, it's a fun movie. It's it's definitely. It has, like, very distinct tones to it. Like, there's points which it feels kind of like a, like an underwater, like, sci-fi movie. And then there's a point, like, there's a whole segment of the movie that kind of feels like it's an Indiana Jones adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's a good time. I had fun with it. It's yeah. a little long. I don't think I'll go back and watch it super frequently. But every time I do go back and watch it, I have a good time. Um, so, yeah, I also watched French Exit, uh, which opens at the Ross this week. Um, so we've talked about this movie once on this podcast before, uh, very briefly when we were going through the 2021 release schedule. It's the one that had like Michelle Pfeiffer and Lucas Hedges and a cat, um, just like <laughs> sitting in the, sitting in a car. And yeah, this movie is, it's okay. It's nothing too crazy. It doesn't really know what it wants to be. It kind of just goes in a lot of strange directions and I don't know, it kind of works, but mostly doesn't. And I was just pretty underwhelmed with it. Like... Michelle Pfeiffer and Lucas Hedges are pretty good in it. Lucas Hedges, so I'm a I'm a big Lucas Hedges fan, but like I feel like Lucas Hedges gives like the exact same performance in every movie he's in, and he does the same thing here. He's just kind of a sad boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, it works. But what do you think this uh, movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? Like a 62. 68. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty close. Wow. Yeah, I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah. yeah. It has a 59 Metascore. So I'm like, <laughs> that sounds about yeah. right for this movie that you've described. Yep. Sad. Um, so yeah, moving on from there. Oh, wait. I was about to move into the news, but then there is something on the dock that we have all watched. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the <laughs> latest Marvel Disney Plus series. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I think it, I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are your guys' general thoughts on it? Before yeah. I haven't seen Friday's episode. Oh. What? I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, well, now we the can't even person I it. watched this with is has been busy. Your 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 boyfriend. I know. I just like to say that he he's just someone I watch movies with. Yeah, no, yeah. he's just, he's just a guy. We've just, just some person. We've been busy, and so our schedules have not aligned. Oh, we were gonna watch it last night, and his Disney Plus wasn't working. So Sad. this close, and then it just didn't work. Well, there is a Falcon and a Winter Soldier. In the episode, so. <gasps> Who would have thought? This is true. I think the second episode is probably better than the first episode. Yeah, they're really <clears throat> different. Yeah because um, the first is very not like s- slow not in a bad way but it's very much just like character development and catching up with what they're doing and the second one is very much like pretty standard marvel thrown around a shield and yeah flying without, without getting into like yeah. any details because mia hasn't seen the second episode oops i think uh the, the the new captain america they introduced at the very end of the first episode um 
he's definitely an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah, he's definitely a little bit more uh, complex than I expected him to be, which is good to see, um, especially in this kind of like long form storytelling. Um, yeah, I'm I'm digging this show. It's not as like exciting week to week as WandaVision was, which mm-hmm. like I don't want to like compare the two because they're different projects, but like I don't know. Maybe it's just because WandaVision was the first Marvel TV series we had seen, and we're kind of just getting used to it at this point. Um, but, yeah, I don't find myself, like, as, like, excited to talk about it and, like, looking forward to it week to week as as WandaVision. Like, I'm still really enjoying it when I'm watching it. Like, I get sucked into um, both of the—I've gotten sucked into both the episodes that have been out so far, and they're, like, longer episodes. They're, like, 40, 45 minutes, something like that. Um, and, yeah, so, like, I'm, I'm very excited to see where the show goes, but I think it might— be a little bit better suited for like just kind of one sit down binge like session rather than like individual six episodes but yeah i i agree i think i'm also not as like i'm definitely very invested in it and i really i very much enjoy it but i think just because wandavision felt like lit like it felt like anything could happen with it and it could go in so many different directions and there's magic and maybe there's the multiverse is going to show up and, I, and as we talked about in the episode it, it didn't turn out to be some like game cha- changing mcu moment but um so i dropped my phone sad um but with this it's like it's the falcon and the winter soldier and there's a shield and there's some flying and there's some punching and kicking some bad guys and like it's definitely like more than that yeah. but it's just i'm not expecting to be like floored and surprised and shocked by like the show as much so i will say that the show definitely has gotten a lot more into like social issues than i feel like the Mm -hmm. the marvel cinematic universe has done in the past like they've verged on it a bit in the captain america movies but like they're really like addressing like issues of like race and erasure um and that kind of stuff in in the show which is really interesting to get from from a core marvel cinematic universe show definitely um yeah excited to see where it goes it's pretty good yeah. Um, so from there, we'll just move into our, our news for the week. Um, I'm just realizing that we didn't actually discuss any of this prior, so if we don't want to talk about anything, then we can just kind of move on quickly. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. So yeah, uh, Ron Livingston has been cast uh, as Henry Allen in The Flash, replacing uh, Billy Crudup, who had to leave the project due to just scheduling conflicts because this movie's gotten delayed like five times. Um, but yeah, Ron Livingston, I haven't really, I don't think I've seen him in anything. I think he's most well known for, uh, I think he's one of the lead characters in Office Space. Um, but I have not seen Office Space, so I have very little to add to this. But it's cool to see that they're like actively going through and casting this movie and getting ready to shoot here in the next couple months. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Do you guys have anything to add here? Um, I have never heard of this man until this moment. Um, and he's a, He's a very Billy Crudup looking guy. Yeah. So, like, I think he looks more like Ezra Miller than Billy, Cr- Billy Crudup did. I agree. Yeah, I think it's the hair, definitely. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pierce Brosnan has been cast as Doctor Fate in the Black Adam movie, um, which was so we knew the character of Doctor Fate would likely be in Black Adam because Black Adam is introducing the Justice Society of America, which I guess in this movie consists of Doctor Fate, uh, Adam Smasher. Uh, Hawkman and one other character whose name I am forgetting right now. Um, but yeah, so Pierce Brosnan uh, is obviously most well known for James Bond. I don't think I've ever actually seen any of Pierce Brosnan's James Bond movies. Granted, I've only seen like a couple James Bond movies, and I think all of them have been Daniel Craig. So 
yeah, I think this is exciting just to see a big name like this attached to this movie. Um, there was also the announcement that this movie is officially slated for July of 2022, um, which, as we kind of speculated last week, is before Shazam! Fury of the Gods. So maybe we will see Black Adam show up in that in some form. We'll find out. Um, I'm looking forward to this movie. I'm really curious to see what it actually ends up being. Um, like, I don't know if it's... I think it's set, like, sometime in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, Black Adam, like... I guess reawakening and then like having a run in with the Justice Society of America. We'll find out how it goes. Um, I'm looking forward to it, but do you guys have any thoughts on Pierce Brosnan playing Dr. Fate? Also, I guess just for a little context, Dr. Fate is basically like DC's equivalent of like uh, Dr. Strange. Mm. He's just a nice. magic man. Yeah. Just he, has, he has a weird fancy helmet. He does. I, <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of a goofy costume. I hope they go like very faithful to the comic book. Because I like this look. It's yeah. a yeah, it's a good design. Um, yeah, I think Pierce Brosnan could definitely play a, uh, a magicy man. So apparently, he like looks a lot like the character does in the comics, though. Like without without the helmet, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan looks like a man with just a big gold shiny <laughs> helmet. Um, so yeah, uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Mia? I don't. Cool. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is happening this year, which was kind of unexpected. Um, and even more unexpected, it's happening in November. Like, they <laughs> scheduled it for Thanksgiving weekend in November, so November 26th to 28th. Um, there's reports going around that, like, behind the scenes, they're saying that if they don't have San Diego Comic-Con this year, they're going to go out of business. Um, like, they're kind of just, like, very kind of thin-lined on that, I guess. Um, so I guess in that sense, it makes sense that they're trying to do it this year, but also like, I feel like scheduling it for Thanksgiving weekend is just a bad idea. Cause like, imagine like being like, sorry, family, I can't come to our family Thanksgiving cause I'm going to Comic-Con. Like, is it going to be in person? Yeah. They're, they're doing it in person. That's very weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on this, but, um, just kind of side tangent a little bit, but just in general, how, like, would you want to go to, like, a Comic-Con, like, ever, just in general? I think so. Yeah. I think I would definitely like to go at some point. Um, definitely not this year um, for both coronavirus reasons and Thanksgiving reasons. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it'd be fun to go sometime. Um, yeah, I'd I think it'd be interesting. I, uh, from what I've gathered, like there's there's no way you get into any of like the actual like actually interesting panels. Like if you're gonna try and go to anything in Hall H, you need to camp out like overnight. And I feel like if you're gonna do that, you're just gonna miss any any of the other cool comic uh, comic con things. So I just wouldn't even try to do that. And you're just gonna see a trailer that will immediately go online for yeah, everybody to see. Pretty much, so. <laughs> and you can watch like video from in the yeah in the. Uh, and it's mostly just people screaming and like you can't even hear anything anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would love to go to this someday. Like this is absolutely a big yeah. bucket list thing of mine is just to just go there and just nerd out. And I feel like I would just eat this up just walking around to all the tables. And um, I'm sure it would kind of be a a nightmare of just it's very hot and long lines and uh, people in, in weird costumes. But like. I'd absolutely do it. So yeah, Mia, Mia, do you want to go to San Diego Comic Con? Not with you. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! 
That was so mean. I know. Uh, probably not. No, I don't know. I feel. I feel like it's not like really your scene. It's not my scene. No. You don't want to be crowded in with a lot of really sweaty nerds. <laughs> I mean, she's already. She already is in this podcast room. <laughs> you aren't sweaty, so. But we are nerds. True. Um. Yeah. Probably. Just. Yeah. Not my scene. Not my thing. Who would you cosplay as at a comic con? Doctor Strange. <laughs> Nice. I have curtains that would <laughs> be his cape. Wow. It's like a deep red velvet. And you could like paper mache some orange like <laughs> brooms to your hand. Or like... actually I could do Jake Gyllenhaal well. Just be Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> you could be Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> Me is like also that though. <laughs> um, what's his character's name in Far Mysteri- From Home? Mysterio. Mysterio. I'd like to be him. Just put a fishbowl on your I'd head. I'd just literally put a fishbowl on my head. That'd be scary. <laughs> I wonder how they did that. Anyway. <laughs> like in the movie? Like they definitely didn't put it. It's just it's CGI, man. But if they had. Like are you talking about like, like it's very practically narrow. how does that work? Yeah. It's, it's a comic book. I don't know. Maybe it could be a one that goes like shh. Like Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> I think that's what it is. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't think it's just like a bowl on his head. I think it's more of a... Okay. Well, I would put a fishbowl on my head. So <laughs> anyway. Cool. What would you be? Who would you cosplay? We could do uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier like we talked about doing for Halloween. I was going to say that. Ago. Yeah. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> Forgotten about that. Because Kyle has long hair that's kind of like Bucky and I have a beard. That's kind of like Captain America. Correct. So we could do that. We could do it. Nice. We, we both just got to work out a lot more to make that yes. look realistic at all. <laughs> yes. So. Cool. All right. Uh, Comic-Con 2023 will be, will be there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Our last uh, comic book thing for now. Uh, Russell Crowe has joined the cast of Thor 11 Thunder. Have you guys, before we get into like the details of this, have you guys heard anything about like the reality of this? No. No. So Thor 11 Thunder is currently filming in Australia. Uh, and so there's been a lot of just like general set leaks from this movie. We've talked about Melissa McCarthy, uh, being seen on set as well as Matt Damon and, uh, Chris Hemsworth's older brother, uh, reprising their like cameos from Thor mm-hmm. Ragnarok. Um, so Russell Crowe was seen at a rugby game with the entire cast of the movie. And then a lot of <laughs> logically, a lot of people were like, Hey, is Russell Crowe in this movie? And it turns out he is. Um, apparently, it's a pretty small role, so I'm thinking it might just be kind of another random cameo. Uh, there's one report going around that he's playing Zeus, uh, like the Greek god of thunder, um, which I think I think is a thing in the comics. Um, but it'd be weird to introduce that to the MCU um, if it's a small role and if he's playing Zeus. My guess is that so the villain is. Uh, Christian Bale playing Gore the God Butcher, and I feel like with a name like that, you have to you have to butcher some gods. So maybe Russell Crowe is just like Zeus, and he gets killed in one scene by Christian Bale. Maybe we'll find out. I I, I would like that. I would like to see Christian Bale kill a lot of like very famous actors in cameos as different gods. I think that would be fun. <laughs> what if Christian Bale kills like all of the the actors playing Thor and Loki and Hela that from. A Ragnarok. So, like, Thor and Loki, obviously, mm-hmm. it was Matt Damon and Chris Hemsworth's older brother that I always forget his name. Uh, is it Luke? Luke. Luke. Yeah. 
Um, and then, yeah, Melissa McCarthy is hella. Uh, what if he just like, just like, hey, you're, never mind, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> hey, but, hey, you. Hey, hey, hey you, me. you look like these gods, so I'm going to kill you. I, I can see that. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on from there, got some general movie news. Chad Stahelski, uh, who's most well-known for directing the John Wick movies, is going to be directing an adaptation of the popular PlayStation video game Ghost of Tsushima, which just came out a few months ago, to very, very intense uh, fan praise and critical reviews, very positive critical reviews. Um, I haven't played this game, but Dave's our, our video game boy here. So are you excited for this, Dave? I am very, very excited. Uh, I've played most of that game. I've I haven't like finished the story of it yet. Um, and, and like the story itself, I don't think was like anything super like you know like it's it's very much it's it's a samurai story. Um, it's about um, a samurai who's trying to protect his island um, from invading Mongols. Um, that's mostly the story, but like it's. Uh, it's a beautiful game. Um, it's like very, very faithful um, to just kind of samurai legend. Um, it's like Japanese culture in general. Um, and yeah, it's it's great. It's a really great and fun game. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think just would love to see a good samurai movie. Um, so yeah. Do you think the director of a, of a John Wick is a good fit for this? Without having seen any John Wick movies. Yes, I think that sounds like a very good thing. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very very excited for this. Yeah, I'm assuming you don't have any thoughts on this. That is correct. Cool. Uh, James Marsden and and Adina Menzel are returning for the sequel to Enchanted. Disenchanted. I have not seen Enchanted. So what? The, I, wh- what? I what? thought this was established. What? I thought this was an established fact. We're watching Enchanted not. tonight. I guess we're watching Enchanted. <laughs> I used to watch this like twice a year for like 10 years that's like 20 times that's That's a lot i've seen it so many times i recently i watched it over the summer or maybe winter break and i hadn't seen it in a really long time it's very good it's a very fun movie yeah it's very good how dare you (laughs) it's just you know it's just one of those ones that i missed cool so are you guys excited about james marston and adina manzel returning for this i am so excited yes i think this is this sequel has been um in development for years and years and years so uh very excited it's happening um the music's great it's just a very fun movie and so i hope the sequel is good so correct i have nothing more to add to that high hopes she's a little scary like kyle do you like know like what enchanted is i know what the general premise is yeah um just haven't seen it um so yeah, we got a new Transformers movie coming because it's the Transformers and we're always getting a new Transformers movie. But this one is entirely separate from everything Michael Bay's done. They were very specific about that in their in the report that uh, that this was happening. It's coming from the writer of Daredevil, uh, Marco Ramirez, and the director is Angel Manuel Soto, who we talked about recently because he was hired to direct Blue Beetle for Warner Brothers. So I was a big fan of Daredevil, so obviously I, I like this writer's work. I haven't seen anything from Angel Manuel Soto. So, yeah, and it's a Transformers movie. Bumblebee was pretty good, so if it's along those lines, I'd be, I'd be interested in it. But I'm not, like, dying to see this by any means. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Um, I've never seen a single Transformers movie. That's surprising. Um, 
Yeah. I don't really have any reason to. I want to see Bumblebee because I've heard Bumblebee's good. Bumblebee is um, pretty good. So Bumblebee came out the same weekend as Aquaman. Nice. Yeah. I think wow. I, I think I remember that. Um, yeah, I guess Transformers, man. Transformers forever, even though they're <laughs> pretty much all bad, but they just make lots of money. So. <laughs> So, uh, by the time this podcast comes out, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong will be playing in theaters near you, um, as, assuming theaters near you are open, um, <laughs> as well as available on HBO Max. But uh, the movie did open internationally last week, um, so we've got some, some box office to talk about with Godzilla vs. Kong. And it's been a long time since we talked about box office numbers, wow. just because box office has been incredibly depressing for about a year now. Um, but we've got some some good box office news because Godzilla vs. Kong and its opening weekend uh, internationally has earned 122 million dollars, which like is internationally like still like a little low for what you would expect a Godzilla vs. Kong movie to do normally outside of a pandemic. But that's the far and away the best box office income that we've seen any movie do in the past year. Um, and so it gets a lot of people. A lot of people are very excited to see what it does. Domestically, this weekend, there's been some numbers thrown around along the lines of like a $40 million opening, which, again, for a pandemic, is actually pretty good. Also, like Godzilla King of the Monsters opened around $60 million normally a few years ago. So, like, it's not too far behind that. Um, and yeah, this is just encouraging to see people excited and willing to go back to theaters. Also, if uh, it does open domestically to $40 million, that automatically makes it the highest grossing film of 2021 domestically so far um <laughs> just a ahead of tom and jerry which is currently the highest grossing film of the year with 37.3 million dollars uh and ryan the last dragon at 28.7 um but yeah so this is this is good news it's exciting to see exciting just, to see movies yeah exciting to see just movies being movies in a theater so true kyle <laughs> truly so true yeah um and apparently it's good like it has like a a low 80s like rotten tomato score right now yeah which, like that's which one good. of the surprising things was so the rotten tomato score came out like this past weekend or an early rotten tomato score came out this past weekend because obviously it was playing in theaters internationally so people were watching the movie um but usually once like the review embargo is lifted uh, domestically, the Rotten Tomato score will go down a little bit, but it actually went up, uh, which was an odd thing to see, especially for a Godzilla versus Kong movie. That apparently, yeah, it's pretty good. I've heard that, like, as with all of these movies, the human aspect is a little lackluster, but they really deliver on the monster fighting. Which, like, that's all we want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't care about the people. I don't care about. Is Millie Bobby Brown in this? Yeah, there's a big cast in this. It's like Millie Bobby Brown and Julian Dennison and Brian Tyree Henry, Brian Is, Brian Tyree uh, Henson. I don't know that guy. Uh, Kyle Chandler, um, what's, Rebecca Hall. Is Vera Farmiga in this, or did she die in Godzilla King? Of the Monsters? I guess spoiler alert for Godzilla <laughs> King of the Monsters. I'm pretty sure she died in that. Right. I think she did. Cool. Maybe she didn't. I saw that movie once in theaters, but cool. Yeah, I would like to see big monkey fight big lizard yeah that's what i that's what i would that's what i would like so and yeah uh speaking of godzilla versus kong uh the director of the film adam wingard has just been signed on to direct a thundercats movie which 
so I have not seen any Thundercats material. I assume you guys haven't either. But the only reason I included this is because so he did an interview with uh, Joe Blow Movies. Um, and this is kind of a long quote, but I think it's a really kind of fun and interesting quote that actually kind of gets me excited for this movie. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this. I'm kind of bad at just like reading things into a <laughs> mic. So I apologize if this is weird, but you know what? We're just going to go for it. So he says, Thunder Thundercats is a dream project for me. When I was in high school, I was obsessed with it. You'd think at that point I was a little too old, that my years of obsession with Thundercats would be when I was six years old. My real obsession with Thundercats came in high school, the pinnacle of me deciding I want to be a filmmaker. And pushing in that direction, I actually spent most of my 10th grade year. I completely blew it. I didn't pay attention in school, made terrible grades, and the reason? I was writing my, Thundercra my Thundercats screenplay through the entire 10th grade year. And I was handwriting it. The screenplay itself ended up being 272 pages long. I still have it. It was one of those things where I would carry it around in my notebooks and talk about it. I didn't realize the kids in my class were making fun of me as they would question me about it. Uh, it, was the, it was only one day when my friends asked me and I was excitedly telling them all these things about my Thundercat screenplay. And I heard them turn around to some girls in the class, those girls that I had crushes on, and making fun of me for writing Thundercats. Oh, no. Because it was ridiculous. But that was, when, that was the first moment where I had... A, where I had a, uh, though maybe, I don't know, the quote is weird, uh, where I had a thought that maybe I would not be able to make a Thundercats movie. I thought, am I crazy for obsessing over this, thinking that it's something you can just do? As it turns out, when you're a kid in Alabama with no resources and connections to filmmaking, it is impossible to make a Thundercats movie. But flash forward 20 years later, and here we are. Um, and there's another half of the quote that kind of just talks about what he's doing with the movie. Um, basically... Uh, to paraphrase, he it's kind of live action, but also not really. It's like a weird mix of live action and CGI animation. He says, uh, so the later part of the quote is, uh, I don't want to do it live action either. I don't want it to look like cats. I don't want those kinds of issues. No respect, no disrespect to that director, whom I don't mean to throw under the bus any more than everyone already has. I want to do a movie you've never seen before, a hybrid CGI film that has a hyper-real look and somehow bridges the gap between cartoon and CGI. That's the starting point, and we're getting into the script now. Um, so I guess it's going to be like entirely animated but to look like it's live action so that kind of just reminds me of like what they did with the lion king but except not with real lions with cat people they, so yeah it's giving me some cats trauma like <laughs> so yeah uh the only reason i included this is just because i thought that was a really wholesome and hilarious story about him being obsessed with thundercats in high school that's amazing like what what a journey like <laughs> from being just like this this kid who was just has a gigantic Thundercats screenplay that he's showing to everyone in school and everyone's laughing at him too. He's, he's making the Thundercats movie now. Like that's amazing. Imagine I'm... going to your class reunion and being like, Hey, you know that thing you all made fun of me for? Well, now I'm making millions of dollars off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Prop props to him, man. Like that's, <laughs> what, what, what a glow up I would say. Yeah. What a, yeah. Dream come true. <laughs> Based on how obsessed he was. That's yeah. great. Um, it's very wholesome. <laughs> Moving on from there, we got some national treasure news, which is not something oh. I ever expected to say. Um, but there's two bits of news here. First of all, uh, National Treasure 3 is, again, still happening. They've been talking about this movie for like 15 years now, um, and it hasn't happened. But they're saying that they're still writing the script for it with Nicolas Cage. And so we'll see if that movie happens. 
But the big news here is that they are making a National Treasure TV series for Disney+. Plus. That's going to focus on an entirely new character, an entirely new just general story. Um, yeah, I'm vaguely interested in this. This is a franchise that a lot of people are like really into, but also it's just kind of old and doesn't get talked about all that much. But if you bring it up to people, they're, they're pretty into it from what I've found. But I don't know. What do you guys think about this continued National Treasure franchise? Yeah, so I did not really grow up with the National Treasure movies. I've seen all of two, I think. I get them mixed up consistently. Um, I think I've seen parts of both, but I've seen most of two, and I don't really remember the first one. Very the first one is the one where they steal the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I, the first one I think is pretty good. Yeah, uh, this, I just remember the second one where he like kidnaps the president. And yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, I feel like this will be kind of like a, like there's like a Mighty Ducks TV series that just debuted on Disney Plus that no one cares about. And I feel like this could be kind of like that, where it's just like a kind of weird, not really related reboot for kids yeah. kind of thing. So I've heard the Mighty Ducks thing is actually pretty good. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things. Okay. But yeah. Do you cool. have any thoughts on National Treasure, Mia? <laughs> you know, it's definitely not my favorite movie. So I'm, yeah, don't have many thoughts. <laughs> don't really like Nicolas Cage in general. Yeah. Um, the, some more Disney Plus news. We got the announcement of the entire cast for the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, Star Wars Disney Plus series. Uh, let me pull this up real quick so I can get the names right. So, yeah, the, the series is supposedly starting to shoot here soon. Um, as we already knew, Ewan McGregor's returning as Obi-Wan. Hayden Christensen's returning as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. Um, but yeah, the rest of the cast consists of Moses Ingram, uh, Joel Edgerton is returning, uh, as, uh, Uncle Owen, uh, Bonnie P- Peace, Peace, I don't know how you pronounce her last name, but she's returning as Aunt Beru, uh, from the prequels as well. Then Kumail Nanjiani is in this cast, uh, Indira Varma, who, uh, is most well known for her role in Game of Thrones, uh, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, Sung Kang, who's most well known for playing the role of Han in the Fast and Furious movies. Um, Simone Kessel and Benny Safdie, as in one of the Safdie brothers. Wow, um, is I guess in the cast of this. Um, He's yeah. acted in other things though. Yeah, I guess he was in Good Time uh, with Robert Pattinson, which was also yeah. directed by the Safdie brothers. And um, he was he was in another one. I feel like that I saw recently. Oh no, nope. I don't. No, shoot, that's the ones that he's been in. I don't know what else he's been. I feel like I saw him maybe. That's going to really bother me because I just looked this up. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't think I've seen him in anything, but okay. I think this cast is pretty good. Uh, I'm really curious to see how Kumail Nanjiani ties into an Obi-Wan Kenobi series, what kind of character he's playing here. Um, I feel like he could be a droid uh, or alien or something. Like. I feel like he'd be a really good droid. I feel yeah. like that <laughs> definitely matches the vibe of what Disney's been doing with their droids. Yeah. I'm bringing in like Alan Tudyk and yeah, yeah, I think that'd work. He was in Pieces of a Woman. Ah. That's why. Nice. Yeah. Not that it matters. Um, But yeah, this is definitely a lot more of like a well-rounded cast than I anticipated. I kind of just thought it would be Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, maybe a Joel Edgerton, and then a bunch of people that we didn't know. (laughs) So it's cool to see like actual like names in here, like O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, who's uh, Ice Cube's son, um, who like 
he mainly got his name on the map for playing Ice Cube in Straight Outta Compton. But then he was also in Godzilla vs. Kong. Or not Godzilla vs. Kong. He was in Godzilla King of the Monsters. I think he was pretty good in that movie, though he didn't have much to do. And so I'm just excited to see him getting getting uh, more work in a big budget like franchise like this. So yeah, do you guys have any thoughts on the Obi-Wan Kenobi cast? Yeah, I think of any Star Wars thing that is coming up, this is like what I've been most hyped for. Like this is from the beginning when... This show has been rumored for a while, and maybe they're going to do a movie. And um, just, I think this has been kicked around for a long time. Like, this is like the Star Wars spinoff that I really wanted to see. Um, love you, McGregor. Love him in any movie that he does, but he's a great Obi Wan Kenobi. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited for this. I so it's shooting soon. Yeah, it's shooting soon. Uh, I think within like the next few days. Nice. Like, I think they put out the announcement as kind of like an announcement that production is beginning. Cool. Um, I don't think they've announced a release date for it yet. I would assume sometime in 2022 would be my guess. Um, Yeah, so very excited for that. Cool. Um, I assume Mia has very little thoughts on this because Mia doesn't (laughs) care about a Star War. This is correct about a Star War. (laughs) She only cares about a Star War if there is an Adam Driver in it. True. (laughs) True. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on from there, our last bit of TV news is apparently Sylvester Stallone is developing a prequel TV series to Rocky. Uh, nobody's asking for this. And also, it's way too early for him to be talking about this because it hasn't been picked up by anybody. He just said that he is working on it and he's going to go pitch it to a bunch of studios. But like nobody's greenlit this. So this at this point, it's literally just like an idea that he has. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. He, he like did this a few months ago where he was he like pit he was like, Oh, I thought about this I thought I had an idea for a Rocky Seven. It's not gonna happen though. It's like okay. Let's yeah. say, all right, cool. Um I don't want I don't want this. And like what it's gonna be like teenage Rocky beating people up in high school. Like 'cause like you know where it's gonna go. Like it's yeah. just gonna be like he's not gonna do anything cool because he can't do anything cool yet because he has to be just a loser by the time the first yeah. Rocky happens. Like he's kind of just like a random guy in the first Rocky. Yeah. yeah. They'll be like, how did he get called the Italian Stallion? Yeah. They'll it probably... kind of reminds me of like when they talked about doing like a prequel to Die Hard, uh, mm-hmm. where like, because John McClane in Die Hard is just like a normal guy, a guy that gets yeah. <laughs> pulled into the situation. So if you make a prequel series that's super exciting, then he's all of a sudden not just a normal guy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want this. I don't either. I'm good. Yep. Cool. Uh, we got like four trailers to talk about this week. Uh, none of them we have to talk about. There's one that we'll probably talk about a fair amount, but like the rest we don't have to talk about super in depth. So the first trailers uh, for Wrath of Man, which is the latest film directed by Guy Ritchie, um, starring Jason Statham. Me and I watched this trailer. David has not watched this trailer. It looks fine. It looks like a Guy Ritchie-directed film that stars Jason Statham, and he's shooting some people and talking about how, I guess, his family was murdered or something. I don't know. His son. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But also, like, this trailer, it's very much like what you you think about when you think of that concept is exactly what you get. It's just Jason Statham being Jason Statham and shooting people. But yet the trailer's, like, oddly long. It's, like, a full three minutes. And I'm like, this is just, like, repeating the same shtick over and over again. Like, you just cut this down to a solid minute and a half, and you got a good trailer. It does not need to be three minutes long. I don't know. What did you think of the trailer, Mia? 
not my my scene <laughs> it just looks a little too on the nose and jason is just so serious like just lighten up dude it's okay <laughs> i don't know if i were mia i would simply tell jason statham to light to lighten up to lighten up just yeah. just just be chill dude just you know? it's okay go to therapy you don't need to kill people just go to therapy it's okay any Jason Jason Statham movie would be over if Mia was just in the like if you were a character in the movie you're like just chill man he's like I should just chill yeah okay it's the end of the movie. credits yeah. um, we're gonna let's wait to talk about like the big trailer for last um, but we also got trailers for Spiral from the Book of Saw so this is the the next Saw movie that has uh, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson in it I think it looks like a Saw movie I think it looks fine um, I have not seen any of the saw movies i don't really intend to watch any of the saw movies i'm just not really into that kind of like i don't know it's like torture porn like it's just not not Mm -hmm. for me um and so i probably won't see this The, the i think the only like world in which i genuinely am interested to see spiral from the book of saw is if it has like a 100 percent on rotten tomatoes and everyone's just like loving it and i'm like okay fine I'll, i'll see it and see what it's about but as of now i don't know i'm not very interested in this yeah i feel like yeah without having seen any of the saw movies i think this is very much like a more commercialized saw movie where it's probably not going to be as like viscerally awful and intense as many of those movies are and i'm sure it'll be a very gory horror movie but i think it'll be a little bit more accessible for people just so because you know it's that they paid samuel jackson and chris rock to be in this movie so i think they'll definitely just yeah want to make it a little bit more like standard horror movie and not just like traps and guts and lots of death and i'm sure that'll happen but like i think it'll be more plot driven from what yeah i've seen but yeah it looks looks like uh it looks fine fun fact uh the original saw is directed by james wan yeah uh, who we talked about earlier in this podcast Hmm. because he did aquaman um he also did like the conjuring and fast and furious five six seven one (laughs) i don't know but it was a good one (laughs) um yeah uh we also got trailer for the bad batch which is the latest star wars animated series it's a spinoff of the the final season the clone wars and yeah, I think this looks fine. I'm not terribly interested in any of these characters. Um, the only thing that I am interested in about the show is that like it's set like immediately after episode three. So it's like these um, kind of like clone characters and seeing what happens to them immediately after the fall of the Republic and like the rise of the Empire, um, which I think is a really interesting concept just to see what's going on in that immediate aftermath of episode three. Um, We'll see how it goes. I'll probably check it out. Um, and if it's not interesting, I will stop watching it. Um, but Fennec Shan, which is the character played by uh, Ming-Na Wen in The Mandalorian, uh, she shows up in this trailer. Uh, that character does, nice. which I think is kind of interesting. Um, so is Ming-Na Wen voicing her? I think so. Cool. Yeah. So that's cool. It's kind of a little um, tie. Like, it just neatly ties it into The Mandalorian, which I think is cool. Sweet. Um, but yeah, then we also got the trailer for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Woo. Um yeah, I think it looks pretty good. I wasn't like as blown away by this trailer as I wanted it as I wanted to be, but I still think it's a very good trailer. It gives you a good idea of what James Gunn is doing with this movie. I think King Shark is delightful. Um, I really like what they're doing with Harley Quinn. Uh, I think this is probably like one of the best 
based on this trailer, one of the best like looking and one of the best like written versions of Harley Quinn we've gotten on screen so far. Um, I, I really enjoyed like the opening of the trailer where they were like going back to rescue her and it was like this very dramatic thing and then she was like, oh, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was fun to see a big star man at the end, a big star alien that I guess controls people's minds. Yes. Seems some, like something that's very much up James Gunn's alley. Yes. So yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, what are your guys' reactions to this? Yeah, I really, really like this trailer. I think it very much... It's very James Gunn-esque where there's kind of a, a classic rock song and um, some a ragtag team doing some quips and, and shooting some people. I think um, it's hilarious that Steely Dan was trending like all day on Twitter <laughs> yeah. the, the day that this trailer dropped. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I love that the... I'm sure it's not the villain, but like a villain and this is just Starro, which is just a giant starfish man. I think he might be the villain. I hope so. Yeah. I, <laughs> I hope... What if Taika Waititi is voicing Somebody Starro? asked James Gunn on Twitter if he was, yeah. and he said no. Okay. Um, but also, he could be lying. He could be Weasel. He could be, like, the character that Sean Gunn is doing the mocap that's, for. That's a possibility, because, like, we saw, we know that Steve Agee did the mocap for King Shark, but Sylvester Stallone is voicing King Shark. Yeah. So maybe he is. I think that could be fun. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, maybe, I, it also might be weird for, like, two separate, like mocap like very famous voice people to be in this but also i could just see like weasels in it and then explodes immediately and is just not in this um, yeah i think what's like very appealing about this for me and i think a main issue with the original suicide squad is that it felt like there were really no stakes in that like uh slipknot just dies at the beginning of the original but then just no one else really does um but i think with how big the cast is and kind of with what James Gunn has said, I think a lot of these characters are just going to die, like, really quickly. Yeah. Like, I think, like, Pete Davidson is just going to explode, like, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, Pete Davidson, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Flula Borg, who's, like, playing Javelin. Yes. Um, I think, yeah, a lot of these characters are definitely going to die, like, right away. Yeah. Um, there's one theory that, like, there's two teams in the movie, and, like, the first team you start out with, and then they all just get murdered, uh, and then they have to send in a second team to do the mission again because everyone died the first time. Which I think would be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess the, the tagline of the movie is don't get too attached. So that kind of yeah. ties into that <laughs> idea. Definitely. Um, what's your reaction to this, Mia? You know, having seen nothing really, really, really in the, um, oh my gosh, that cinematic universe. <laughs> DC. There we go. The other one. My yeah. brain is just shutting down. Um it's I feel like I have zero um say really on any of these characters or any of this. Yeah. I think this movie is pretty pretty standalone. I don't think it really ties much into okay. what DC's been doing in their other movies, which I think is just generally their kind of mindset for right now. They're just kind of making standalone movies and maybe they tie them together at some point but mm -hmm. maybe not okay yeah yeah i mean it looks i <laughs> guess i don't really get the hype with the shark man well you're wrong his, I name, just is, don't... his name is king shark king shark yeah. i apologize um we need to show you some clips of king shark in uh the harley quinn animated he's series. delightful he also i started delightful. watching the harley quinn animated series this past week and it is very good lovely yeah we can do that we can make that happen. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Nom yeah. nom. 
Nom nom, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, we'll just move on to our, our main topic. And our main topic this week, uh, to celebrate the the release of Godzilla vs. Kong, we've decided to talk about some some big movie monsters. Um, <laughs> some some kaijus and some big scary boys. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name of uh, this episode. Big scary boys. <laughs> With no context. Yes. Um, so we have... We don't have a lot of like strict rules on where this conversation is going to go, but we just kind of thought that it'd be fun to talk about. So some kaiju movies we've seen, ones that are good, ones that are bad, uh, just whatever we want to talk about, really. Um, who wants to start? We can go round robin if we want. Me can start. Cool. Um, yeah, I think I've only seen two, which is which are both set in the Godzilla vs. Kong MonsterVerse. Uh, I've seen 2014 Godzilla, which I think is fine. I don't really remember much about it. I just remember, spoiler alert, Brian Cranston is in it, and then he dies in the first 10 minutes. Um, I haven't yeah. seen it. Well, that's why I said spoiler alert, so you should have known in a couple of years <laughs> before I finished my Jeez, Mia. Yeah, come on. Um, and I've seen uh, Kong Skull, Skull, Skull Island really recently. Which I think is like pretty good up until the last like thirty minutes, and then just a weird mess. Um, but yeah, it's it's like it's pretty fun. Um, it's kind of it. I don't. <laughs> I haven't really. I don't think I've seen a lot of like big monster movies. Like that's not really something I really grew up on, or just like have really ever wanted to watch. But I'm very excited for Godzilla vs Kong. I don't really know why, like specifically why, but I am. Uh, I was going to chime in, but I'll just go next because I have a movie to bring up. Cool. Um, so have you guys seen Pacific Rim? Nope. Yeah. You haven't seen Pacific Rim? I have not. David, I don't feel like, I don't feel like that's a oh you haven't seen Pacific Rim kind. Of, I don't feel like exactly. I I beg to differ. If I have seen it, it is. <laughs> if it's I a guess. big boys smashing each other movie, and Mia has seen it, oh, it's not porn. <laughs> <laughs> backtrack out I of I gave this. Mia a look right when she said big boys smashing each other and I was like meh I don't know about that and she decided to rephrase no anyway it's very good we should watch it yeah Pacific Rim is a really good it's time uh, it's just exactly what you, it's everything you could want out of a movie about big robots fighting big monsters uh, and it's really over the top and wild and it's directed by guillermo del toro um which who else would it be directed by like yeah it's it's just a really good time and it's really cheesy at uh at moments one of my favorite but also worst but also best shots of the whole movie is a point where like uh one of the one of the robots i think they're i don't remember what they're called jaegers jaegers because it's Uh, german yes uh they like go to punch one of the monsters and they miss and their like fist goes through a building and just like gently taps a newton's cradle and it just like starts going and then it pulls back out and it's really silly but it's so much fun and yeah it's just a really good time um it's got like idris elba in it and i think charlie hunnam uh and a few other big names Mm -hmm. i am getting a phone call yeah so sorry about that that cut audiences i i had a phone call for for an interview unrelated to this um (laughs) But yeah, so we were talking about Pacific Rim, and yeah, it's pretty good. The sequel, uh, Pacific Rim Uprising, is not good. Uh, it, that's the one. It's got John Boyega in it, and 
uh, is it Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son? Correct. Um, yeah, it's not very good. Um, Mia pointed out uh, that uh, Charlie Day is also in the first Pacific Rim. And I guess, spoiler alert for Pacific Rim 2, uh, Charlie Day is the villain in Pacific Rim 2. Like, he I takes he takes an that. evil turn. Whoa. Uh, wow. And, yeah, it's not a good movie. <laughs> but, yeah, um, what other kaiju movies do we got to talk about? So, David already talked about just, like, general Godzilla and Kong movies. Um Obviously, we haven't seen Godzilla vs. Kong yet, but of the three that we have that have been released, I think the best is probably Godzilla King of the Monsters. Hmm. Um, as with the other ones, uh, the human characters are not great, but there's definitely a lot more just like kaiju fighting in Godzilla King of the Monsters. There's lots of Godzilla fighting Mothra and Godzilla fighting King Ghidorah and Godzilla fighting Rodan and just like all of these classic Godzilla monsters. Um, are are in this movie and there's a ton of other ones as well that are that are pretty fun um and yeah it's a pretty it's pretty wild movie i saw it on uh the the biggest screen they have at the at the at the grand it's not an imax screen i don't remember what they call it ultra screen. ultra screen that's it i saw it on the ultra screen <laughs> is when that it came the one up. that's bent slightly yes Ooh. like it's in theater number one um I used to work at the Grand, so that's why I remember that. Uh, but yeah, well, remember those times? I do remember those times. Wow, what a time! Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Godzilla King of the Monsters was pretty good. I haven't seen it since. But what other what other kaiju movies we got? Did you see the movie Rampage? I was just about to talk about the movie Rampage. Yes. I have seen the movie Rampage. It was it was fine. It's it's based off of the old like uh, video game Rampage that was just like. A big lizard, a big wolf, and a big gorilla attacking the city. And that's about all there was to it. Hmm. And honestly, there's, like, obviously there's more to it than that in the movie because it's a full movie starring The Rock. And it deals something with, like, there's some, I don't know, potion, not potion, uh, like formula or something some scientific mixture of fluids that turns these animals very very large and then it makes them go crazy and they start attacking things um and yeah i don't remember much of the movie it came out like what back in 2018 looks like um i remember it was kind of just absurd and over the top but it was it was fine enough yeah does the rock uh turn into a big Point. No, but he should have. He should have. Yes. I think that's a wasted opportunity. I would like to see gigantic The Rock fight a gigantic wolf. I think that would be, yeah. that'd be pretty good. Have you guys seen the first Cloverfield? Uh, no. Yes. Oh, you yes, have. Wow. I have. Can I have not seen it? So can you can you talk <gasps> about that a bit? Because I think that technically qualifies as like a kaiju movie. Yeah, I was kind of confused about because I looked up kaiju movies. And I did. I actually did too. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was mean, kind of I didn't know that that was yeah, the, interesting. The alien in that one's a big old alien boy. All right. What are your oh, thoughts, Mia? Okay, I did not know this. You've seen it though. No, I'm looking up kaiju because when I think kaiju, I'm like, oh, Pacific Rim, and that's it because that's uh, like the term that they yeah, use. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, um, it's just a term for big old monsters. Um, it's a classic, I would say. I think the it definitely had heads turning and stomachs turning because of the way it was filmed because it made people like throw up because it's just like totally POV. Yeah, it's like a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. But with a big monster. I did not know Matt Reeves directed the original Cloverfield. Yes, he did. Wild. 
I don't remember much of it. I watched it with some friends and we were like, yeah, let's watch this because it was near Halloween and they were going to watch a Halloween movie or a scary movie every every day of October, which is a lot. Um, I think the reveal of the actual kaiju like takes forever because it's, you know, that found footage sort of um, theme. And so it's like, well, I just kind of want to see the monster. Um, and I don't actually remember the final reveal. So I'm looking at pictures and yeah, I don't remember much of this. So, hmm, that's my review. Um, so I think the, la- the last two we can talk about here, unless, unless you guys have other ones that come to mind. Uh, we've got 1998's Godzilla with uh, Matthew Broderick. And the 2006 King Kong. I'm trying to find it. I don't remember what year it came out. The Peter Jackson one. Yeah, the Peter Jackson one. 2005. 2005. I was so close. Um, Yeah, I have seen both of these movies, but not in a long time. I remember even when I was a kid and liked everything, I did not like 1998's Godzilla. (laughs) It's really bad. Um, It's kind of just like, it's barely even a Godzilla movie. Like Godzilla looks kind of just like a big T-Rex. Um, yeah, I've, it's a terrible design. Yeah, it's really um, bad. And it's, I think having Matthew Broderick in it just kind of it makes the tone all over the place. Uh, and at the end, there's like baby Godzillas that are basically just raptors. Um, and it's just it's a it's a strange movie. And I'm glad that it did not continue. Um, have you guys seen that version of Godzilla at all? Mm-mm. I've seen clips of it, um, and it looks bad. So, yeah, um, it's because it is bad. Um, then have you guys seen 2005's uh, King Kong directed by Peter Jackson? No. Yeah. So King Kong is a very faithful retelling of the 1930s version of King Kong um, to the point that it's even set in the 1930s. Um, And yeah, it's pretty good. It's really long, um, as you would expect from Peter Jackson, who directed The Lord of the Rings. Um, it's like, I don't remember the exact runtime, but it's like just over three hours long, I think. It's a very long movie. Um, that doesn't need to be as long as it is. But it's, it's pretty decent. Uh, I think the design of King Kong is really, is really, is really good. Um, he's definitely a lot smaller than the, the current version of King Kong we have, because like, the current version of King Kong obviously is big enough to fight Godzilla. Um, but that version, he's like maybe 20 feet tall. Like he's just kind of like a, like he's a big monkey, but he's not like a really big monkey. Uh, <laughs> that should be the tagline for this version. He's a big monkey, but he's not a really big monkey. He's just a, he's a pretty big monkey. Yeah. Pretty um, big. And I, the cast of the, of the 2005 version is, it's pretty good. It's got Jack Black in there, uh, Kyle Chandler, uh, Naomi Watts. Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody, uh, then Andy Serkis uh, plays, I think, like a cook or something on the ship. But then he also does the motion capture for King Kong, uh, and he does a really good job. I think the visual effects are pretty solid. Uh, the design for King Kong's pretty, pretty good. There's some wild action sequences on Skull Island. I think this version of Skull Island for me is like the definitive version of Skull Island. It's just, it's so creepy and just like, like the the monsters are like prehistoric dinosaurs but they're like slightly different because like they've been isolated on that island um there's a wild action sequence about halfway through that's godzilla fighting like basically t-rexes king kong yeah king kong fighting basically t-rexes um and yeah it's pretty intense uh when i watched it for the first time i was probably too young um because it scared me 
like to death. I was <laughs> I was not okay. Um, I, I think I've mentioned before that when I was a kid and I would get scared in movies, I would like run upstairs. Uh, this, I have a very specific memory of doing that during this movie. Oh no, it's um, a pretty big monkey. Yeah, I, it, it wasn't the monkeys. It was it was the T Rexes. Um, they were pretty pretty intense. But then, yeah, King Kong like wrecks 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 these monkeys. He like. Uh, without getting too in depth here, I, it's just it's just one of those moments that kind of like really stuck with me. Um, he like grabs like the T Rex by the upper and lower jaw and like breaks its mouth open and like breaks its jaw and then he just like plays with its broken jaw. <laughs> it, it, it's it's really it's kind of funny because he's just like you can tell he's just like playing with it and he's like having fun. Um, yeah, I think the 2005 King Kong is actually pretty good um, if you can stand a three hour King Kong movie. Um, yeah. Do you have any more kaiju things to talk about? Um, not really. I think we could just kind of, we could give some predictions for Godzilla versus Kong and give our thoughts. Well, uh, I know we've, we've privately talked about which team we're on. Yeah. Um, but we can kind of give our predictions for who's going to win this, this battle of these Titans. So I, I think I'm generally King Godzilla. Because you're, 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 you're generally King Godzilla. King, it's one of those nights, man. <laughs> uh, it, I'm generally Team Godzilla, just because I'm a I'm a big fan of Godzilla. I think he I think he's pretty he's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but I I think uh, I think Kong's gonna win this fight just because everybody expects Godzilla to win this fight, and so they're gonna be like, whoa, didn't see that coming. And yeah, Kong's gonna win. Um, I think we've we've talked about this a bit. Uh, on the podcast before that Mecha Godzilla is probably most definitely in this movie. Like there's a brief shot of what look, looked like Mecha Godzilla in the trailers and there's been toys that have leaked <laughs> of Mecha Godzilla. Well, so I guess hmm. just maybe a spoiler alert for that, but like probably not too big of a spoiler. It's probably like the doomsday equivalent to Batman versus Superman <laughs> where it's the thing that makes them come together at the end and fight this bigger thing. Um, which I think the idea of watching Godzilla and King Kong fight a giant robot Godzilla sounds absolutely insane. Yes. Um, and I'm very excited for it. Um, I am team, team King Kong. I think, uh, I'd love, I, you know, I think in a very kind of Batman Superman dynamic, he's, he's definitely, he's the brains. He's got a, he's got a, you know, physically he doesn't really stand a chance against Godzilla, but I like, feel like King Kong is the Batman in this situation and Godzilla yes, is the Superman. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, did I not make that? Did, did I say the opposite? I don't know if you, okay, asked. cool. Cool. But I agree with you. Yes. <laughs> um, I, you know, Kong's got to use, he's got to use his smarts. It looks like he's crafted an ax that can, stop godzilla's atomic breath and i think that's pretty rad um and yeah i think kong will beat him but then be like have it i i hope the both of their moms are named martha i think that'll be pretty good <laughs> both uh, of their, they're they're both the children of mothra pretty good that would be that would be great <laughs> um and yeah and then I, i'm sure they'll they'll come together and, and beat up a big robot godzilla and maybe godzilla will die and then uh, they'll have a funeral for him. Maybe it'll just be the same movie as Batman versus Superman. Incredible. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mia, I know your thoughts on this already, and they're wrong. So, well, okay. Uh, here's the thing. I just pulled up a picture of them boys fighting. Yeah. yeah. And I felt a wave of fear because, <laughs> not proud of this, I used to be deathly afraid of primates. I still am. 
I don't know why I said used to. It's still a very real fear for me. Uh, literally, I would have nightmares every single night that I was being chased or killed or beaten by a chimpanzee, a gorilla, any primate. I think they're terrifying. Any sort of monk. Any monk, yes. <laughs> um, so when I see this, I'm like, no, no. Godzilla can beat Kong's little hairy but (laughs) and uh i would be fine with that because it would be putting that childhood slash teen fear that i had um to rest and i think godzilla's cool he's got spikes and i like his spikes he actually kind of looks like a coral reef to me and i like that (laughs) his back he's a spiky boy you know he's just a spiky boy and yeah primates terrify me so i'm team godzilla and i think godzilla has it in him He's got big hands and arms. <laughs> He's a big lizard boy that can shoot blue fire. Yeah. I have not seen anything in this universe. Have anything. you seen any Godzilla movies nope. at all? Nope. It's wild. We should just watch the reveal of Godzilla in the original Godzilla, in the 2014 Godzilla, because that is a very good scene. We can do that. Yes. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um Sometime I want to go back and watch the original Godzilla from like the 50s mm. and then the original King Kong from like the 1930s cuz I I I feel like the original Godzilla is something that I would really enjoy cuz the whole thing I think is a it's a not so subtle uh like metaphor for uh the Americans nuking Japan uh yeah. at the end of World War II like it, the, the movie is very much kind of like about that but instead of bombs it's a giant lizard um and yeah I think I think it'd be be interesting and just kind of see where it all started, where it's just a man in a lizard costume. Um, <laughs> I think that'd be great. Yeah. So on that note, um, this has been episode forty-five of Cinebraskans, the Daily Nebraskan Entertainment Podcast. As always, I've been your host Kyle Cruz, joined by my co-host David Berman, as well as Mia Everding. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. See ya. See ya. See ya.